Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Before we begin, we'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. All right. Welcome to Super Bowl Sunday. I mean, revolution. Oh, surreal being in the Minnesota, Minneapolis during the Super Bowl. I'm glad there wasn't any traffic today. Yeah, staying away from downtown. Because I went to my therapist a few weeks ago and it was already all the roads were shut down. It's kind of nuts. So, anyway. I've been spending this weekend, uh, well, my snowblower, that's only two months old, broke down. So I was shoveling snow yesterday, and I live on a corner lot, which you just don't think about. I bought bought it during the summer. Had I bought the house during the winter, I may have been like, we're not going to get this house. (laughs) I have to shovel tons and tons of sidewalk. So, it's weird to break a sweat when it's, you know, 15 degrees outside and you're, like, sweating because you're shoveling. Um, Also, potty training this weekend. So, my son is, uh, you know, he's doing okay. Had a few accidents here and there, but, oh, being an adult is tough. Potty training is tough you just think it would be instinctive it's not (laughs) oh so lots of lots of cleaning up anyhow so that's where i've been this weekend is is uh shoveling snow and and potty training but uh so yeah it's always fun um, we are going through Galatians, um, doing a Galatians study. This is our next to last week, or we might do a best of kind of Galatians thing the following week, so we might have three more weeks left. Um, we're in Galatians 5. Um, we've hit some really good areas in Galatians. Last week was uh, 4, and 4 is kind of my... I was glad to get through it because four is kind of my least favorite chapter of the my favorite book in the Bible, but it was just kind of like it's a little redundant, <laughs> hard to preach from, but you do it because you're going in order. I've been thinking about doing another study, but I don't know what book to go through yet. I don't know if to do one of the Gospels or one of Paul's another one of Paul's books because Paul's like a like rolling the dice you know sometimes you get great grace Paul and then sometimes you get crazy Paul you know which is always <laughs> like how do I explain this and how do I disagree with Paul on this but you just disagree I guess what version oh you get your computer out <laughs> it is the new revised standard version the 
ultimate version of the Bible. <laughs> I know this because when I go, I've been taking this seminary class, and they seem to be reading from that this translation. So, taking a class on Jesus, which is really interesting, and uh, hopefully we'll be bringing more, bringing some of that here to service. Um, Did I mention I live on a corner lot? Woo! Uh, Galatians 5, we actually ended on Galatians 5.1 because that's kind of where naturally 4 ends. Um, it starts with uh, the slave but the free woman. For the freedom of Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Um which the yoke is the slavery that he's talking about is the law and the freedom he's talking about is actual freedom to be actually be free in Christ there's the translation for freedom there is freedom so that's actually kind of cool um, two says listen I Paul am telling you that if you yourself be circumcised Christ will be of no benefit to you now remember, circumcision was to set yourself apart, to be a part of a tribe, to say we we are set up, we are different, we are set apart, and uh, that was part of the Jewish tradition. And what's happening here in Galatians, just to catch you up, is there's a group of people called Judaizers who've come into Galatia and told the um, the told the, the Galatians that they need to be like Jewish first. And since they're Gentiles, they're not circumcised. So they're saying you need to be circumcised, you need to obey certain laws, you need to do certain, pay attention to certain holidays and do these type of things in order to be saved. And Paul uh, has already been in Galatia and teach there, and he is, he is more than upset about the fact that these folks are coming in and, and taking people away from grace, which you will see <laughs> his passion in this passage. Listen, I, Paul, am telling you that if you, if you let yourself be circumcised, Christ will be of no benefit to you. Once again, I testify to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the entire law. You who want to be justified by the law have cut yourself off from Christ. You have fallen from away from grace for through the spirit by faith we eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness for in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything so anybody who's out there circumcised that was worried about having to follow the whole law don't worry <laughs> you're okay the only thing that counts is faith working through love I'm going to jump back to you who want for you who want to be justified by the law have cut yourself off from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. Um, in the 90s, there was a TV movie about my parents <laughs> called Fall from Grace. And, uh, yeah, nice title, right? Kevin Spacey, who's now in trouble, but he played my dad. And Bernadette Peters played my mother, which... Uh, Actually, the casting, you have to give it to them. They really nailed it on the casting. If you, if you Google that, 
and see the pictures of them, they really did nail the casting. Um, except for Kevin Spacey played my dad as a Southerner, and my dad's actually a Michiganer, so he's a Northerner through and through. Um, but falling from grace, you hear that often, like, oh, they fell from grace. They fall. But this is talking about what falling from grace looks like, and that is when we return to the law. Now, I still think we're covered by grace, and grace is there, but we miss grace when we try to earn salvation, when we try to earn it through different things that we do, through certain holidays or certain sacrifices. I mean, we do it in different ways, you know, still. I mean, for me, growing up evangelical, it was like, well, as long as you, you know, don't cuss and don't smoke and don't chew or don't go with girls that do, you'll be fine. You know, that was the, the that, that was what my dad always said. Don't cuss, don't chew, or go with girls that do. I don't know if he was talking about girls that chew or they do something else. Anyway, I'm not sure what that meant. Um, but, yeah, so... There's always a, a law. Denominations split into different denominations because they have rules and regulations that they think are very important. And, you know, often that becomes legalism and that becomes the law. So it's not just with returning to Judaism as a Christian to the old law or to the law, but it's the law that we see today, the laws that we make our own laws and that we fall through. Um, you know, I remember in the Assemblies of God, speaking in tongues was, like, so important, you know, that you had to speak in tongues, you know. And then I remember that the Baptists didn't speak in tongues, so that was the big divide there, you know. They were like, oh, they don't have the Holy Spirit. Oh, these, you know, and the Baptists were like, oh, they're, you know, tongues have ceased. They're of the devil. So, you know, there was just these weird laws and these weird regulations that people set aside. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day, and they were just talking about how, you know, thank goodness it's not up to me who goes to heaven and hell because, you know, all these people who break these laws, it's just like, ugh, you know. But anyway, back down to... uh, Six. It says the only thing that counts is faith working through love. And uh, what does that look like? Corinthians 13, I'll just read 4 through 7, is Paul talking about love. And so faith working through love looks like this probably. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. You hear this at weddings often, but... It's not really, it would be impossible for a marriage to, to deal with this, <laughs> to, to, to love like this. But this is the type of love that Paul says we can have. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. So it's a big task, you know. So when it says what well, expresses itself, faith through love, is it's 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 a big task. Um and it says at the end of Corinthians thirteen, thirteen, and now I uh and now faith, hope, and love abide, these three things, and the greatest of these is love. So once again Paul is pointing out 
that the only thing that counts is faith working through love. And you see that that's what he's talking about, is faith showing, not giving up, enduring through circumstances, being with people, loving people. And that is hard work. You know, it is it's tough work to love people. Um, it's hard work to like people. I'm introverted, so I really deal with that struggle to be patient, you know. But I've learned ways to do it. Like, you know, with me and my dad, um, I send him pictures of my kids because we don't agree on a lot of stuff, but we do agree... At, we both love the kids. He loves pictures of the kids, and I like taking pictures of the kids. So we find an equal area there because we have to. The country is so divided right now, and people are so divided that it's interesting to find different ways to love, to love those we don't agree with or love those that we disagree with and allowing our faith to express that type of love. Paul goes on to say, you were running well in seven. Who prevented you from obeying the truth? Such persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast leavens the whole batch of dough. So a legal, little, little legalism spreads fast. And the reason is legalism in some ways makes sense because it's saying it's the whole works and earn. You do good, you get good. You know, it's it's it's... It, it makes sense. Um, and it does spread. I've seen it spread through many churches so many times. I've seen it even come through revolution before. Um, and people are afraid of, 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 of love and grace because some people are afraid it's a license to do anything and then other people are afraid that it's a license to do nothing. So the more liberal church is like, well, then, you know, you talk too much about grace then you're not going to take care of the poor and you're not going to take care of the these folks and help you know do social justice issues and then the conservatives are like you're going to do whatever you want <laughs> you're going to get away with murder and so grace is funny that people are still afraid of grace and that's what paul is dealing with is people who are afraid of grace i'm confident about you and the lord that you will not think otherwise, but whoever it is that is confusing you will pay the penalty. But my friends, why am I still being persecuted if I am still preaching circumcision? Paul's obviously not preaching circumcision. And the cease, in this case, the offense of the cross has been removed. So he's saying, you know, taking away the cross. Earlier on, he says... I do not nullify the grace of God, for to, if, a, if justification comes through the law, then Christ died for nothing. So Paul is very passionate about this. Um, now this is where you see Paul totally come out, and you see his anger, and you see exactly where, you know, it's pretty good. I like this part of Paul. Um, he goes, I wish those who were unsettling you would castrate themselves. So Paul's a little bit angry. You know, it's not often that we think about our Bible teachers saying, I wish you would cut your balls off. But that's what, you know, that's what Paul's saying. Clear and simple. That's what castration is, in case you didn't know. <laughs> Testicles, I'm sorry. Maybe that's a better word. Um, 
but I wish those who were unselling you would castrate themselves. Paul's upset. Paul's angry. And he, rightfully so, because he's afraid that grace is being lost to the Galatians. For you are called to freedom, brothers and sisters, only do not use your freedom for an opportunity for self-indulgences, but through love become slaves to one another. Now, we read that love chapter, through love becomes, you know, he uses slave language a lot in this book, usually as slaves to being under the law. But now he's saying he wants you to be a slave to love, not law, to serve love and become a slave to one another. Not to just grace, but to others, and through that, showing love. For the whole law is summed up in a single commandment, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And that's pretty amazing that, that Paul decides to stick with that. Um, Jesus, when asked what the two most important commandments are, he's love God with all your heart. And then in one, one of the books, he says, and equally as important, love your neighbor as yourself. But I think a lot of people if today, would you said, well, what are the two most, which, which one's more important than out of those? They would say, love God with all your heart. But Paul says what's most important is loving your neighbor as yourself. Because what do I love when I love my God? What do I love when I love God? I love the other. Because how do we love a God that we can't see and we can't, you know, it's like, well, I, I, I love God, but, you know, if... The Bible talks about saying, how can you, if you can't love others, how can you love, if you can't love others you can see, how can you love a God you can't see? That's in the Bible. That's not me saying that, you know, because I've said it that before and had people come and argue with me about it and be like, no, I love God when I go to worship on Sunday and when I do this and that, you know, and I'm like, okay, okay. But the Bible says clearly, if you can't love those you can see, how can you love God you can't see? So loving others is an important thing. And it is a tough thing. So when the Bible talks about taking up your cross and your own works, you know, that's what it's talking about. It's talking about love. And that is, that is the dying to your flesh is loving others. If, however, you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. And this one's a big one. You know, to me, this is another big one here is... is is biting and devouring one another, not being consumed by one another. You know, growing up, I watched my parents go through a big Christian church scandal, televangelist scandal, all over the news and everything. And what I watched was people bite and devour one another and literally consume each other, just completely take other, destroy each other's lives. And it's so important that we don't do this. And it's so hard not to do this, especially in our current political climate with, you know, I mean, it's tough for me. I, I do some biting and devouring, I'll admit it. I mean, I struggle not to do it. And that's my, 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 my conviction is to not do it. But it's still tough not to, you know. Um, and I think the thing is, is here is to be cautious with that. It's not that we don't speak truth to people. Obviously, we do that. But it's how we speak truth to people. And how we, uh, that when we do speak truth and when we do even have time to rebuke, that we're honest. But we're doing it 
back through love. That idea of doing it through never giving up, never losing faith, always being hopeful, enduring through every circumstance, that we do it through love. And that's a great challenge. And that doesn't mean that you're, you're always going to be accepted for that when you say, well, I love you and I think this and this and this. It doesn't necessarily mean that the other person's going to be like, oh, well, great, you love me, so we can disagree. You know, some people are going to say, screw you, you know, I don't care. But you know that you tried to do it through compassion and through love. And that's at least something. Um, but I can't, I can't say enough about how, you know, be, beware of biting and devouring one another. I mean, it's just... I've just seen it so many times firsthand as Christians destroy each other and through legalism, through gossip, through favoritism, through it being exclusive, you know, I've just seen it over and over again and too many people I love and care about become consumed by that. And, uh, it's a, it's a sad epidemic that's happening, and it's still very strong in the church today. You know, I mean, luckily I see more and more people doing what they can to get out of that and get away from that, but it's still a huge, I guess, cancer, if you will, in the, in, in in Christianity. I hate using that term because my dad got called that, a cancer in the body of Christ. Sixteen says, "Live by the Spirit." I say, "Do not gratify the desires of the flesh, for that what the flesh desires is opposed to the Spirit, and that what the Spirit desires is opposed to the flesh, for these are opposed to each other to prevent you from doing what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not subject to the law." Now the works of the flesh are obvious. A little more obvious for him than us, I think. Fornication, impurity, covers a lot, I guess. <laughs> Lasciviousness, idolatry, personally the one I deal with here is sorcery. <laughs> Very tough. You know. Animities, strife, jealousy, anger, quarreling, dissensions, Factions, now uh, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like this. I am warning you, as I warned you before, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, before we get into that and what that means, I want to look at the things of the ones that I don't think get looked at often. You know, drunkenness and carousing, I heard a lot of growing up. Idolatry towards, they would always be like, things and stuff. But the ones I didn't hear a lot about were strife, jealousy, anger, quarrels, dissension, factions, and envy. Those are the ones I didn't hear a lot about. And those are the, those are the good chunk there of, of, the, of those verses is that. Now that goes back to be care, beware of biting and devouring one another. Because these are the things that do it. Jealousy tears us apart. 
you know, and often the person who's jealous is 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 the bigger victim. Anger, you know, quarrels, dissension, factions, the idea of seeing my faction is correct, my group is right, your group is wrong, you know. These are things that separate us from the kingdom of God. Envy, which is somewhat like jealousy. But those are important things to look at because I think we take them for granted, that we, we don't look at those as, as normal things, as, you know, well, I'm a faction because I'm a good person, you know. I have my group and there's their group. It's hard not to split people into factions, but that's one of the things Paul's talking about is that that can be a stumbling block. Um, now, when I used to read this years ago, I remember this was my biggest problem with Galatians. I loved this book, and then I had this part saying, drunkards will not inherit the kingdom of God, and I thought, great. So none of these, none of the, and anybody in here has not got one of these? I mean, I, I have one of them or two of them or three of them. I envy all the time. I see people with, like, careers that they have, like, 5,000 retweets. You know, I'm going like, oh, how do they do it, you know? Or pastors with giant churches or things like that, you know? And then you get envy and jealous, and then you have to, like, reel it back in. Um, but will not inherit the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? You know, that was my biggest struggle because I thought this was a verse about heaven. And it was saying that these people will not go to heaven. But that's not what it's talking about. And I found this out because I called a pastor. I remember one late one night I was reading Galatians. And I was just like so upset. Because I was like, you know, here is this beautiful book. And then it says these people aren't going to make it to heaven. What is that all about? But the kingdom of God is God's reign on earth. And this is where it shows it out in 22. But it says, By contrast, the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with the passion and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also guided by the Spirit. And what I realized, and what my friend helped me realize, was that he was talking about the kingdom of God is the fruit of the Spirit. We're in the kingdom of God. We practice the kingdom of God when we produce fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And the great thing about if we're producing fruit, we're like a tree, is who is, you know, what it, well, a tree produces fruit for others. And so the fruit of the Spirit is not for us necessarily as it is for others as we produce it. I think patience is one that's good for us because you need that if you're going to love people. But it's also helping other people with spreading love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Oh, and don't forget love and joy. 
That's pretty good. Love and joy is there. But to me, this is the kingdom. We live in the kingdom when we're actually practicing things. So I don't think it's saying that people who are jealous or drunk or, or whatever, party animals, are going to hell. Honestly, I don't believe in hell, so that puts a damper on that one. But, um, or if there is a hell, I believe it's empty. So, but that's a whole nother sermon, how I came to that. Um, but, but what it's saying is, is that if you, these things, these quarrelings, these jealousies, these factions, what they do is they interrupt joy, they interrupt love, uh, they interrupt peace, they interrupt patience. I'm a recovering alcoholic, and I drank because I couldn't be around other people, and I couldn't feel joy. So I had to substitute alcohol in order to feel joy, in order to feel love, in order to be patient enough to spend time with people. I mean, literally, it was I would drink just to be around people. Like if I knew I had to be around people, I knew there was going to have to be alcohol involved. Um, I remember one time a f- roommate of mine told these friends, I remember him talking to him, hearing him on the phone, and he goes, man, if you want Jay there, you, alcohol has to be involved, you know? He doesn't want to do anything without drinking, you know? And um, I've been sober for over 21 years now, but... You know, that was, that got in my way of, of uh, you know, because when I got sober, I had to relearn how to live, you know. I couldn't just go out with people. I couldn't talk to people. I still have a hard time sometimes having discussions with people, you know. But that, you know, I always felt like alcohol gave me my superpower. I had met uh, probably every girl I'd ever dated up until 21 because of alcohol. That's how I how I knew, you know, that's how I communicated and then otherwise I was full of fear and and scared, but it was a counterfeit joy, it was a counterfeit peace and it was a counterfeit patience because it didn't last very long and then I wasn't able to maintain it. So, you know, usually by the end of the night, I was somewhere with throw up on my shoes or driving and shouldn't be, Um, you know, sleeping outside of my house because I couldn't find my key. Luckily, I didn't live in Minnesota at that point, or I probably have no hands or feet. Um, In Georgia, you just wake up with dew all over you. Just wet. <laughs> um, so that's that was the big one for me is realizing that living in the kingdom is living in in the fruit of the spirit, and in the kindness and generosity and faithfulness and gentleness and self control. Twenty six ends here at uh, let us not become conceited, competing against one another, envying one another. Now that's interesting because it go that's right back to 15 where we were before if however you bite and devour one another take care 
that you are not consumed by one another. So you jump over back to 15, then jump back to 26. Let us not become conceited, competing against one another, envying one another. You know, here Paul is, is confronting a group of people that are falling back into the law, but he's also saying, you know, don't bite and devour one another, because that must be what was happening. You know, these factions must have been breaking into groups and biting and devouring one another and becoming com- competing against one another, comparing one another, and envying to one another. And that is just leads to destruction. And that leads to the end of relationships. And that doesn't even have to be biblical. You know what I mean? Like, that's just the truth. I think it's common sense. But I love that that this common sense is a part of this book. I love that it's a part of the Bible, that it's a part of, 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 of this letter, that Paul is so concerned about these folks, you know, that he's wanting to stop discord amongst them. And I hope that that can be a goal in a lot of our lives, is to not have discord, to practice these fruit of the Spirit and... Uh, seek for unity seek love and joy I don't know about you but I would love a lot more joy in my life you know joy is a geez sometimes seems unattainable you know Um, because life just keeps moving at such a fast pace you know and the repetitive of a week and the week starts over again you know and how do I stop and pause and feel love in that and feel joy in that and have peace in that and patience? I think, you know, also these links to saying, well, maybe I find it through kindness and generosity. Maybe I find it through faithfulness. Maybe I find it through, fa- through gentleness, you know. Um, and even my least favorite, self-control. <laughs> Maybe I find it through these things. So that is Galatians 5, everybody. Um, next week is 6, believe it or not. We've been, this will be our, that'll be six weeks that we spent on, on Galatians. So hope, hope this book touches you like it touches me. And uh, this chapter especially I find just so extremely important that I can't push it enough, but I think Paul's very clear about what he's saying here. This book, I like, one of the reasons I love it is because I feel like if we just read it and I didn't sit here and try to make comments about it and preach about it and we just read it, we'd still get it. You know, it's just a simple, beautiful book. And the one thing that the only thing that tied me up for a while with not getting it was thinking this kingdom of God. And I remember someone talking to me once, and I, I'm just going to end on this, but telling me about someone who drank. And they're like, well, you know, that's in Galatians says that they're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. So, you know, they're not going to be in heaven. You know, what do you think about that? And I'm like, man, I think that sucks, you know. But then you read the rest. They weren't mentioning jealousy or enviness or, you know, but they were, they were focused on that. And so people have misused it so long 
that I think this is the one area that gets a little bit confusing for some, and I hope those of you listening um, are no longer confused by it. I hope that I've done somewhat of a job of shedding a little bit light on that and realizing that the kingdom of God is not always talking about heaven. It's often talking about God on earth. It's often talking about the fruits of the Spirit and uh, the fruit of the Spirit. So there you go. I'm going to say a quick prayer. Uh, Lord, I thank you uh, for your grace and your mercy. I thank you for the folks here. Um, This joy and peace and kindness and gentleness and self-control is something that is tough to seek sometimes, and it's hard not to be jealous or envious of those, of others. Um, So I just pray for your will. I pray for favor that we may be able to be uh, able to deal with these things in a better way and that we may seek out the fruit and uh, learn how to live in that and and that envy and jealousy and things like that would, would, would play a lesser role in our everyday lives. Amen. Um, before we end the service, um, Revolution's nonprofit, and I know a lot of you listening online. Um, if you think, if you consider this church, you know, and want to support this church, we are supported 100% through donations. So if you consider this your church and get something out of it, we ask that you can consider making a donation to the church. You can do that by going to revolutionchurch.com and clicking on donations, or you can go to our Facebook page, which is Revolution Church. Just look for the logo, the winged R, (laughs) and click on the donation there. Um, And we really greatly uh, appreciate it. Um, And also, today, we're here, and I'm going to pass the hat around. But I just want to thank everybody online for listening. Um, This is Revolution Church.